Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Welcome to our special weekend show, Sunday Uncensored. Every week, we produce four uncensored episodes of the TimCast IRL podcast exclusively at TimCast.com, and we're going to bring you the most important for our weekend show. If you want to check out more segments just like this, become a member at TimCast.com. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to everyone's favorite coup show called Brimcast. I do this whenever Tim lets me and or I make him so he's so exhausted after Iowa that I can just stage stage my own show. No, uh, guys, welcome to the after show. I'm happy to be here. I actually don't know what we're going to talk about. Because RFK I left the room. RFK was very thirsty. Oh, I my gosh. I actually just <laughs> submitted this to Chris Carr, editor, to put up on the site while we were on the show because I caught this right at the end. So. We were talking about this a little bit. Have you seen these? Uh, there's a screen recording of from TikTok of RFK. Uh, it's it's this it's an OnlyFans model, and she's posing basically to show off her butt. She's in like black shorts. And if you look at the comment section, the RFK official TikTok page. Here we go. Wow, with some emojis. <laughs> it's his legitimate thing. And so today he addressed this in a thread that I actually thought was also very funny, and it leads off with. Because if you look at the, uh, it's not there anymore, but if you look at the comment, it was in, I think, September of 2022. Um, yeah, 22, 9, 16. And, what? So, and he said it was so a staffer. He, here's his explanation. Yeah. He said, which best lead of all time, do people really think I was TikToking in 2022? <laughs> which is like both true and slightly boomery in like a very nice way. And his explanation is that when he launched his campaign, his TikTok did not have a thousand followers, which is the minimum threshold for um, going live. So his social media uh, manager, who's a, this 33-year-old guy from Ger Georgia, said, no problem, you'll just use mine. We'll change everything over. But that did not scrub any of the comments. And so it makes me wonder what else is out there. Like, I don't know TikTok, I don't use it, so I don't know if mm. you can go back and easily find your comments and delete them really quick. Can we uh, find those? Can people go out there and- I, I, I This can't be the this only was, one. It was wrong. RFK's got a bad PR guy. He should have said, and. I, just own it. That's well, the what thing I think. Is, I own it. It makes him so relatable. The yeah. thing is, he's on his third marriage. That's what the Kennedys so do. So people were sort of like, it's very Kennedy. It's on brand. But people were sort of like, this means that he's just this terrible whatever else, which again, like, maybe is on brand. Roll with maybe it. Maybe isn't the, the yeah. person you, yeah. you know. They, Turn they, it into merch. They, they come to me. makes me like him more. <laughs> I'm running for president. And they come to me and they say, uh, everyone's sort of laughing. Because they found a comment from you two years ago on an OnlyFans girl with a big butt. And I'll go, oh. But you're <laughs> but, but, not married. And I feel like that does make a slight difference. But, but yeah. e either way, like, what are you doing with this? Like, it's just funnier if you're, if and, and they're like, well, what do you have to say about it? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, look, we're what, asking, do you, what, do you, what do you think I'm going to, like, what am I supposed to, what, what is, what are you supposed to say to this? You can either deny it or there's nothing to be said. Which is, it, it's really interesting. I mean, I think the question is, you remember when, when it was Bootgate and DeSantis was in trouble for, you know, maybe, <laughs> probably wearing lifts in his cowboy boots? And the whole conversation was, well, would, would America elect a short president? What are they more likely to do? Elect a president who's short or one who's lying about wearing lifts? And in this case, it's, do we do we want a president that is actually on social media commenting on OnlyFans <laughs> creators? Like, I think it's maybe not the, what they're trying to sell, but maybe this would make him more endearing to many people. I don't know. He's already like, there's people I know, uh, women, 
who find him really attractive. And when like the whole uh, shirtless thing Well, he posted happened, that like workout routine, He's right? posting thirst traps. Yep. He's liking thirst traps. Yep. This is his whole thing. Allegedly yes. liking yeah, thirst traps. Did, yeah. did he name the staffer? Like you said 33-year-old. Uh, Daily Mail um, had, had the guy's name. Really? So... Mm -hmm. <laughs> So they did RFK release that? He's like, it's this guy. I don't know where it came from. I was just, Daily Mail was the one who said that we've identified it about. as this guy. Like it was Charles. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was like that guy. But also this means that he went to his wife and was like, it's not me. It was that one guy. And we yeah, had he's like, to Cheryl, I stopped this <laughs> two years ago. You know? Two wives ago. Yeah. Also, but I do, I mean, the best defense is, do you think I was TikToking in 2022? And I just, I don't. Who knows? He was podcasting all through 2023. I feel like podcasting is much more accessible to people of his age than TikToking is. Perhaps I'm wrong. How far been... back to the videos go that he's so posted? This is the only comment that I've seen surface, but his videos started right around the time of his campaign. I, I would have loved okay. it if they reached out to him and they're like, can you explain what is going on with this comment? And he went, well, you've got to understand that women with very large butts are, are very sexually attractive, and I appreciate them very much. So oh, I thought commenting "Wow" was appropriate here, and I think you would agree. And most men in this country would vote for me. He's like, oh, he's. I like the gym. She likes the gym. I'm just appreciating the fact that she's taking care of her physique. I'm all about that. Yeah. Or what if you? Content. What if he was like, when when they asked like, what what is this comment you posted? He'd be like, well, I think you agree with my comment, right? It is a shockingly large butt. Wow. <laughs> he actually gets her to campaign for him now. She is his, her new, she's the new social media director. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen RFK Jr.'s OnlyFans page? <laughs> Look, somebody has to win the OnlyFans vote. And I think maybe it's going to be RFK. Yeah, I guess. I could have been Trump. I mean, his wife has posed nude. Yeah. Yeah, but she's a classy lady in the Too way. classy for OnlyFans. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I, I, I think this is, this is, um, Obviously, kind of a weird snafu. On so you the believe other hand. him? You believe his statement? I find it really believable that he did not. He was not on TikTok. I just, you know, maybe he podcasted, but I just like don't give that much credit to to the boomers. I think anything's uh, possible. But you know, I, I got to push back on that. I, I I don't think that TikTok is that complicated, and I think that if you're an older married guy who wants to find videos of sexy women dancing around and like you go to TikTok, and it's not that difficult to figure out how to to create an account and start commenting on the videos and in fact i would even argue if you are a boomer you're probably not sitting there thinking like oh other people are reading my comments yeah, too this isn't that's just true. between me <laughs> that's and big even butt more girl boomer core. Yeah. yeah that's how my grandma used the internet she would leave me direct messages but in comment sections of pictures from like years ago <laughs> right, right. like grandma this is very personal information you're asking <laughs> right, me right now right let's, let's no that's true because i think that's one of the, i mean i've talked about this a little with biden because he just lies so constantly and gets caught all the time but part of it is because he started his career pre-internet, so yeah. he could just say whatever and no one could really fact check him that efficiently. Yeah. Whereas now we're able to go back and be like, two years ago you said this thing, we have it on video. Uh, maybe that, this is more the, boomer core. Maybe I'm not I, I, The wow it. comment with two emojis is a boomer comment. I'm sorry, it's not some young guy comment. Young guy would say something like, damn girl, you looking fine. Exactly. That's yes. actually yes, a really yes, yes. good point. There's yeah. one underneath that the girl responds, the guy's like, why does it look so good? And she like responds, Jim. Jim. Like, she how, was engaging with some of them. How old damn. is the video, does it say? I mean, the the comment was supposed to be in twenty two, and I think that's when the video was posted. Okay, but have we found her? Can we? She's around. Like, yeah, the, yeah. She, she said, off, she off, said it, it was another name who actually Larry first commented, Dome. and then randomly. It oh, became she has a, a comment, comment on the story, but she's active on OnlyFans. Okay, so we got to find her, everybody, and we got to find where RFK Jr. was in September twenty twenty one. Two. Twenty twenty two. Where where were you, RFK Jr.? Probably writing that Fauci book. That's true. Yeah, that book is. Oh so wait, spending what? a lot of time online researching yeah. question mark. Question. Okay, here we go. I, f I got her profile. All right. So this this one's from, uh, let's get the date on it. Uh, it's from September 3rd, 2022. RFK is a man of culture. <laughs> Where's RFK Jr.? They deleted it. <laughs> RFK delete led it? me here. They must have, someone tagged uh, him in a lower comment. Oh my gosh, that's great. How, Can you is give she on Good wow? Morning America tomorrow to talk about this? Like this oh, is the okay. kind of thing they would do. Look, she honestly owes some credit. There are going to be so many people who know about her. This was like marketing in a way that she never could... As a woman, would you like to have a butt like that? Oh, she posted a video 42 minutes ago. I don't know. I mean, I think it it's, seems I unnatural. Think it's too big. But I it's, just it think seems unnatural. Not my it thing. It seems unnatural to me. But also, the thing is, I think with women, wait, what? There's too much variety in bodies. Like if I covered it, she posted it. Look, I'm just built differently. You're 20. She posted yeah. it. Yeah. 
It's okay, no one has to know. You got my vote. Funny, so I can't fuck with you. You're 20? You know what I was thinking for like women like this? I'm like, man, like how do you run? Well, how do you do a lot of stuff? Yeah, like with big boobs and big asses, it's like, what if you're like running from a bear? You know what I mean? It slows them down. Maybe, Look, well, yeah, maybe we the, have problems. It's the bear could, I mean, it could be one of those fake asses. The bear could eat them. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. Fake ass, you know. That's a terrible clip. <laughs> what does this get info anyway. on U.S. elections? What? Oh, she tagged RFK Jr. Because the thing is... What? The screenshots have been out for a while. I've, I saw really? them a couple months ago, really? but they went sort of, you know how this happens, like yeah. something will go around, you'll see it, but then it started getting shared really rapidly. So this now I'm week. thinking his campaign is sharing because his campaign seems to be dying. And now they're like, we need some type he of did campaign an interview. definitely seems to be dying. Chris Carr yes. just told me this. He did an interview where he was saying, I have, you know, 26%. I'm, I am gaining uh, steadily 1% a week. I only need 34% to beat both Trump and, and only, Biden, which I find really interesting. Like, his only energy is in done. like kind of whack podcasts. Like he's just like people. I'm sorry. Are you hating on podcasts right now? Well, there's like podcasts that like love him, that look up to him and they let him like talk forever and there's no pushback on anything. And I think it's kind of ridiculous. And that's the only place I see energy for RFK Jr. Honestly, there's not in the real that's world. That's enough, right? Like yeah. that's the, what I love about a third-party candidate. We just we can't. You can't always weigh the variables. <clears throat> I he, to me, like I see people who are interested in him at first, but it's really uh, people who are also interested in Trump and their love of what love they have of RFK is not trumped by Trump. No, the other way around. See, I felt like I saw, saw the opposite, which is like there were people who were like going to vote for Trump, but actually they they lean more moderate or left, and they are the ones. There's who got definitely behind those. RFK. There's definitely those because they're like he he's definitely against the the vaccine stuff or the COVID stuff where they lost, you know. Uh, a lot I mean, of he's socially left. left in a way that agrees with a lot of them. Yeah, I just think he's still like a liberal at the end of the day, and there's a lot of things I really disagree with him on. Even yeah. though I really agree with him on on COVID stuff. He's still the thing that will make for the inevitable world that we're in now. Mm -hmm. You know, I actually feel like his campaign would be stronger if, you know, how every once in a while for the past year they've been like a new version of COVID, another virus. They've been sort of trying to hype that back up. Right. If one of those had been taken seriously, if there had been another, like, are we going to lock down? Is there an illness fear? I think he would have jumped in the polls. Right in 2020, Maybe. I had said something to the effect of. If Joe Biden wins, these people are going to show up on like November 10th or whatever and storm the White House. They're going to be crazy and furious. And I was wrong. It was January 6th. They went to the <laughs> they went to the Capitol building. And but but the, the general essence was was correct. I think what happens with Trump and uh, this election is Trump wins. RFK gets 24 percent. Trump wins with like high 30 percent. And then. The left uses that to argue he's an illegitimate president because of my, his minority victory. Do you see Trump and RFK working together again? No, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see why they would. I mean, RFK seems very irrelevant right now, yeah. but enough people who don't like Biden will vote for him. And then Trump wins the Electoral College, bare minimum. CNN saying Trump's going to have 272 mm -hmm. spiking just enough. RFK stops Joe Biden, uh, Joe Biden from being able to compete with Trump. Trump crosses the finish line. Because it's got to be at least 270, otherwise it goes contingent. It could go contingent. Trump only gets like 30 or so. The Republicans in the House then vote for Trump. And the left says, it's illegitimate. He didn't actually win. We refuse to be ruled by a guy who represents only nine. They, they do this thing all the time with senators. Half the country is represented by only nine million people. And they're banging and screaming. Repeal the fucking 17th. That's why you do it. Anyway. What's your read on RFK? Um... I, I I don't have strong feelings one way or another, honestly. Um, I, I 
I want him to stay in the race. I think it's only good for us if he does stay in. I, I think he would siphon off Biden votes more than he would siphon off Trump votes. And ultimately, I think that's a good thing. Um, I don't really care about him. Mm-hmm. that much i like i like things he talks about it's kind of how i felt about vivek i mean he i don't said, like his policies if that tra- yeah. i agree with you like he's much oh, too I liberal just, yeah yeah there's he's no way too question. liberal but then he also talks about things that I, I really do like where he you know his i mean he knows how horrible the fbi and the cia can be you know he like me believes that they killed his uncle and his father right so he'll talk about crazy you know conspiracy theories about you know because like he understands them so intimately and he also wrote a crazy book on fauci that book is a really hard read. Every few pages, I'm like, I got to put this down because I, I, I'm fucking enraged with Yo, Fauci. Uh-oh. Wall Street Journal laid off their Washington bureau. <gasps> what? During the election year? Yeah, what the fuck? Excuse hold on, me? hold on. Holy shit. If, if any bureau, I thought that would be the one that hung Washington hung State. I'm just going to say that. Okay. No, but I, I don't know. I'm looking it up, but like. <laughs> it can't be. This is the year they need them this year. Or do they? Yep. It's DC. just an AI. The DC bur- Holy it's shit. Just a- they're going AI. 20 staffers laid off in their Washington bureau. Damn. Dude. Why is that so funny to me? Guys, they're I just want to understand. They're just like, the election's over. Who cares? Lay it. This is, the, this is the money. This is the golden ticket. Like, the amount of money we made off advertisements in 2020. Because what happens is, all politicians are running. All of them. And they're all competing for similar spaces when they want donations. Most members of Congress will run ads in their district. PACs, however, may run more generalized ads in a certain area, which can cross over. Senators that are running. And then, of course, the presidential race is going to be billions of dollars. This is when news outlets are like, ramp it up, baby. We want as much content as possible to get as much ads. They're laying people off. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. How bad must it be? Yeah. Like, like the they don't—they don't general. think they can recover. Yeah, maybe think, they know something they, we don't, and they're like, "There's not going to be an election, so we're not going to waste our time on on it." What other bureaus have they laid off? That's my question. Like, was mm. this one the first one to go, or have they been sort of letting people go for a minute? Yeah, I, I wonder how many of these places are really going to turn to AI to write articles. I mean, we've—I've heard of stories like that already. Yeah, doesn't I mean, BuzzFeed uh, do it already? Uh, and I ESPN, like I think. What's the difference between AI, AI and their writers? Uh, um, hey, they have some of the best quizzes. I've learned a lot about myself. What yeah. cereal tells you what city you should yeah. live in? Yeah. How would I know if I didn't take the quiz? Oh, jeez. No, I, but like, do they still do listicles? They did. I will give it to BuzzFeed. They, they had some investigative reporting. They did have some. And I will say like, ago. the listicle format worked. Like, it's dumb. It's stupid. But people shared it like. There is a reason that they were able to sustain what they were doing yeah, for a yeah, while yeah. there. Yep. You yeah. won't believe yeah. number seven. I was working. I was <laughs> I was writing for Vice when I was uh, Vice Sports was the first thing to go. I was actually working for a story for Vice Sports, and right before the story got published, it died. Sort of never got published. Oh, I'm like, damn, Vice is even going out. And that was 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Maybe they should have had, had better quizzes, and they would have survived. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what they needed. They just ended up going like full on porn. Like tell me else. what pizza topping you would put on your pizza and I'll tell you about your future job. <laughs> I just, I learn a lot. I think it's great. Uh, do you have any predictions about this coming? Attention. If you owe the IRS, this is an important announcement. COVID relief is over and the IRS is ramping up like never before, sending out millions of collection letters to start 2024. Do you owe $10,000 or more or have unfiled returns? Now is the time to act. The IRS can garnish your wages, seize your property, and they can even take your home or your business. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. It's time to call Tax Network USA. Their team of experienced tax lawyers has already saved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. They know how to negotiate with the IRS and can help you too. Visit TNUSA.com or call 1-800-245-6000. Again, that's 1-800-245-6000. Don't wait until it's too late. Take control of your tax situation today with Tax Network USA. 1-800-245-6000. Call now. Election year. Like, who do you think is going to be VP for Trump? Mm. Well, so I did a real turnabout with Vivek Ramaswamy. Didn't like him at all. Okay. Nice. Didn't trust him very much. Um, 
although I think I had good reasons for it. I mean, I do, let me say this. Okay, so cut to the end. Now I I do like him now, mm-hmm. um, and he's he I, he's grown on me a lot, and he's earned my trust to a degree. I don't trust anybody implicitly, but um, I think when when Vivek first came on the scene, he was super polished. His delivery was was too clean. And I think that's part of like fed into this kind of like he's, he's snaky or he's a he's a you know used car salesman. He kind said of thing. so many of the right things using the correct buzzwords. I think it did raise some eyebrows. Yeah, but it, and it was just a little bit I think too mechanical, a little bit robotic. But um, I think he started making all the right decisions a little too late. Um, you know, I think when he went down to just like the jeans and the and the vest and like started talking a little more human and really. Uh, addressing the really controversial issues like you know January six and the and the mm-hmm. FBI and and the Whitmer Fed napping and all these different things things that you know, no other candidate were, was really even talking about. Um, why did I go down this road? Oh, predictions for the election. Um, I I would like I'd be very interested in, in seeing Vivek be considered. Uh, I don't think he will be. Mm-hmm. What was it? Was there a certain moment that changed your mind on Vivek? Because I I yeah. still don't trust him. There's something about him. I just I think he says everything I like. I, I like all the thing, all the things Therefore, he says. He's bad. He's bad. I just, <laughs> I there's something honestly about him that I distrust, and I can't really place my finger on it. But also about his campaign that I distrust because it reminds me of like a Jimmy Carter campaign where he's you know a well-meaning person and saying a lot of great things, um, but then will fail uh, horribly. Mm. Um, I, that's just my gut telling and, me that. Well, but and I, that was could there be... a moment for you where yeah. like that switched. In your mind yeah the 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 moment for me that it's well okay first of all um his team started reaching out to me um and and we started having communications and i thought that's cool because mm-hmm. um i have a huge appreciation for any re- republican candidate who understands the power of influencers which is not a term i usually use to describe myself right. but you know we don't have celebrities on the right we don't i mean yeah we don't have a lot we okay have kid rock I, I don't want to talk about it. I, I, I don't want to react to that. Um, Disavows. <laughs> so I like Kid Rock, though. I'm just going to put that up. I, I like Kid Rock, too. <laughs> no, but we don't have actors and actresses. We have sort of people who are in media or who are, who are Correct. on social yeah. media. Yeah, and, um, and they're rarely ever well utilized yeah. um, by most True. presidential campaigns. And, and But... So Vivek's team was the first to start start reaching out to influencers and invite them come hang out on the bus with us, um, you know come come out on the the trail with us and I was one of the people. Right. So I was like, well, you know, no matter how I feel about him, um, of course I'm going to go because I want to get to know. I I would do that I, if Biden said come ride the bus with me. Yeah. I'd be like, absolutely, yeah. I'll be, you, of you course. You take the megaphone and yeah. go with it for sure. Yeah, yeah. And you can see up close and personal what's really going on. Yeah. So spent the day with him in Iowa um, I, a couple of months ago. And uh, went to six campaign stops, and I'd say between stops three and four, or four and five, um, they let me do a I don't know thirty five minute interview with him on the bus, and um, you know the first half was just general questions, second half was all January sixth, mm. and I explained to him a lot about January sixth, things that I've never had an opportunity to say to any politician because I've never been granted that opportunity, yeah. explaining things like why people are pleading guilty to things they didn't do, why people are taking plea deals period things that the public at large doesn't know yet because everybody who took a plea deal is still on probation and can't speak freely about why they made the choices that they made. And um, so one of the things I said to him in that moment was, uh, and this was not a live interview. It was, I, you know, I got to edit all this out later. Like the public has never seen the conversation we had, but I said to him, um, look, you keep saying that if you're elected president on day one, you're going to pardon all nonviolent J6ers. I said, here's the problem I have with that. A lot of people are pleading guilty to violence who did not commit violence. A lot of people are confessing to doing, you know, fighting with police officers who did not. It's not true, but they're being given no choice. And I said, so if you're elected president or if you come into power, I need you to assure me that you're going to look at every case, case by case, give the defendants a chance to explain why they pled guilty and did what they did. And then you make the decision about who gets pardoned and who didn't. And I made him literally say it back to me, nice. which he did. That's great. 
And then for the rest of the day on the remainder of the campaign stops, four, five, six, because he had been talking about J6 on every stop and saying, like, on day one, I'm going to pardon all nonviolent J6ers. He immediately changed his messaging right after that conversation. And for the rest of the day, he said, on day one of my administration, I'm going to pardon all nonviolent J6ers. And he said, and then the next thing we're, we're going to do is go case by case and get an understanding of you know what these cases are really about, why people made the decisions that they made. And then we'll start issuing more pardons beyond that. And I was like, that's really impressive to me. I can dig that. And and not only did he say it the rest of the day in front of me on those stops, right. he has said it every, on Fox News. He said it uh, on all of his live appearances. I mean, it's sunk He's in. He's always well, taking it to heart. That's yes. great. I mean, that's great. And, and I, I'm not saying, I, you know, I'm going to give him all my my uh, debit card codes and every, you know. Right. But he earned some trust but that's the thing and i i, I get a lot of people tell me like I, maybe tim has said it you know he's shifted the overton window and that's yeah. yeah that's great right and i totally get it and you giving him that idea and then him taking that idea and running with it with a bigger megaphone perfect yeah let's go to callers i like pointing at me i was like hey jim what's up <laughs> all right let's do that indeed uh we got a good uh this girl's still on the tiktok screen man no uh she's like put up, up the here, nancy like, pelosi ai porn what are we doing <laughs> There you go. There we go. Stop it, Hannah Claire. Now, uh, now she can focus. <laughs> All right, let's get that call. America first. You are on the air. How are you? Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com slash Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, so I'm wondering if the panel remembers in 07 during an interview with the retired general, Wesley Clark. He told a story when he visited the Pentagon in October of 2001, right after 9-11. And he said that an active general approached him showed him this memo that he had just gotten from the Secretary of Defense office about how the U.S. was planning to take out the next seven countries in like five years. Yep. And it said starting with Iraq and Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off with Iran. Yep. What are your thoughts about like the whole World War Three Iran kind of BS that it really doesn't have anything to do with Biden precisely, but it's more of just like the deep state continuing... Right. That whole. That's why Hillary Clinton lost. That's why Hillary Clinton lost. Partly. I mean, Trump didn't win by that many votes, but people knew things like this. And that got enough people to be like, I ain't going to vote for a warmonger. And she's unlikable. But of course, we knew as soon as Joe, as soon as Joe Biden got in, he was going to re uh, kick off this this plan they've had for a long time. You think it's kind of. The way that a lot of people talk about it on the right and conservatives, they keep saying Biden's doing this, Biden, Biden. Well, he is. You think it's an error to keep saying it like that? No, because Biden, is, Biden is doing it. He's part of it. Do you really think he's, he's doing it? Do you really think he's mentally even around at all that he's even doing anything besides like taking medicine and well, yeah. tapping? I'm not saying that it's his plan. It's the CIA. It's a deep state intelligence assets, the permanent government. And he is the current uh, uh, figurehead for this plan. When we say Joe Biden's doing it, it's especially important because we want to vote him out. You go around telling people vote for Donald Trump because we're up against insert intelligence officer. And they're going to be like, who? So Joe Biden is the front face of this plan. And he represents everything they've done up to this point. Yeah, they're just using him. I do as agree a with that. I just sometimes I think we miss the deeper plot and people keep wanting to point fingers at Biden. And he just seems so feeble. I just doesn't seem like he's doing much. 
I think it would be fair to say, even if he's not doing much, he's still playing a role in a theoretical plot, right? Like every, it's it's unlikely that it's one person who's just calling every single shot all of the time. It's more likely that there are lots of cogs that are put in place to make this ultimate plot move forward, in my opinion. Yes, very true. I don't know if that's... Yeah, well, if there's anything else, uh, if you have anything else to add, anything else to add to that? No, that's it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks for calling in, pointing that out. That is uh, an important story people should know about. Yep, appreciate it. Uh, all right, Brian, threat to democracy. Oh, hello. How are you? Uh, how y'all doing tonight? Can you hear me okay? Well, loud and yeah, clear. Man. All right, good deal, good deal. I got a question for the whole panel. Uh, today on Scanner.com, Hannah Claire uh, had an article up about a uh, current Supreme Court case where West Point is having to defend its use of diversity goals as, as a criteria for selecting uh, for cadets. Sorry. Uh, the argument being that having a diverse officer is important for national security reasons. Uh, Given that the service academies are the most selective colleges in the United States by far, uh, shouldn't they be looking for the best candidates? Uh, or uh, is, is there merit to the argument that having a diverse officer corps is an important goal? No. Agreed. No. It should be on a case by case, you know, basis. What what do they offer us? Are they good leaders? That's all we need. Yeah, this is the interesting. I find Students for Fair Admission a really interesting organization, and uh, obviously they were the ones who led the first uh, lawsuits, the the UNC and the Harvard lawsuits that ultimately led to the Supreme Court invalidating affirmative action. Uh, and then this is their their next go round because in the original uh, Supreme Court ruling, they noted specifically that the military academies are exempt from this because they're technically part of the Department of Defense. They're a different thing. They're regulated differently, and. Um, I I find if you read the I think I, I pulled a chunk of it for for that article, but if you read the the complaint filed by Students for Fair Admissions, they say West Point used to be about um, ability and leadership, and it used to be about what they brought to the table, but it has now shifted to uh, prioritize race over these things, and they specifically take complaint with the fact that um, they publish their their goals. They have specific, we want to have this percentage of the next class be African-American, be Asian, be whatever. Uh, and their argument is that this is discriminatory, and ultimately, as long as this goes on, it's... Um, it is a it is discriminatory to every pool of applicants because you know you already have to you you mentioned this caller but you you already have to be um you know harvard doesn't make you pass a physical fitness test it doesn't make you get sponsored by your state senator right you you have to work really hard to get into these things and if you're willing to do all of that as well as potentially sacrifice for your country shouldn't you be admitted based on your merit not based on race i uh, grew up on west point Mm -hmm. This is my home of my whole life. My parents are still there. Uh, I was raised by these cadets. They happened to be black and white and boy and girl all over the, from all over the place. But they were all, but like that didn't matter. They were all like the most craziest, smartest people I've ever met. Like leaders and, and really um, sh literally physically strong. Uh, had to run a certain amount of miles every day. Uh, there'd be certain things that they would have to do whether it's carrying your books in a certain hand or knowing how many lights are above you because you've counted them prior days. And mm -hmm. then when you're asked, you need to know how many lights are above you, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Over the years though, some of those things have started to fall away. So you can't, let's say they call pinging, which is where you have to walk around in, in the summer when you're wearing your shorts, your socks would be all the way up to your knees. That's pinging. And you'd be hazed if you weren't pinging your socks. That's gone away. There was something kind of nice about the hazing, I thought, not to a certain degree. Obviously it can get really bad, but the hazing, kind of built a camaraderie and also made you on your on point for every every day you know that you were there um but now it's it's because because my parents are still there i've seen that these kids are just soft gamers you know, we had a uh, everything freshman hell week at the my high school that i went to for a few months and once everybody knew when it was the freshman just stopped didn't show up right but that's <laughs> like that's like a fucked up thing yeah but whatever, I don't give a shit. Fuck I, that school. I think there's a, a piece to this too that we're not really identifying, which is 
particularly when you're talking about something like the military, I'm, I didn't join the military and I'm not from a military family, but I mean, it's, it's always kind of been my understanding that pretty much on like day one, when you enter the military, your individual identity ceases to exist. And it's really about you becoming a part of a unit and part of a chain of command. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing essentially is prioritizing identity. And, And so they're saying the chain of command in a way doesn't really exist anymore. It's your blackness and your transness and your individual identity and the way that you see yourself and perceive yourself now kind of supersedes all things in a way. And that should be the last priority for the, like, look, if we're going to have DEI at all, I mean, maybe it should be in circumstances where we can actually learn about each other's cultures in an an environment where it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what is it like to grow up on the West coast versus the East coast? What's it like to grow up? You know what I mean? There might be times where that would be valuable information. When you join the military, it's unimportant. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care if you're poor. I don't care what the well, color of your matters. skin is or your gender. Or, or, rich, rich and poor both matter. I'm just saying that I think that it we're supposed to shed, you're supposed to shed your identity and your de- identity becomes about protecting the United States of America. The, there's so uh, actually the military considers your wealth for two reasons. If you're in massive debt, you're, you're a security risk. You, you might sell secrets or try and make money to cover your, your liabilities. Yes, and if you're too rich, you will disregard orders and eventually buy your way out. So that and that I agree, but that should that probably doesn't apply as much to the cadets who are coming out of high school. Might, it does. There, you think? Because I it, feel it, like it 100% does. They have to write there to the congressman. There have been many uh, people who have enlisted and then their wealthy parents changed the rules got them special special privileges or got them out or things like that. And this is just my experience, so it doesn't mean it's the truth at all. But like I noticed that a lot of kids who were second or third generation West Point kids, meaning their parents went and their grandparents went, sometimes they didn't take it as seriously as the kids who were the first generation. And some of those families had lots of money because they were like generals, oh, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm thinking about this and I think about how didn't Mattis even defend teaching critical race theory at West Point yeah. like two yeah. or three years ago? That's the thing. It, it's never just the super, it's never just checking boxes and saying like, you know, I want to see X number of black faces right. and X number of whatever. The next step, is, there's always a next step and always a next step. And then it becomes, well, having to get up at 5 a.m. is racist. You know, that, that's, you know, this group of people is used to doing that. Punctuation, right? There yeah, was that, ironing there your was uniform is racist. Yeah. It's <laughs> My favorite thing is like, uh, the, the dress code rules the army has and uh there's a difference between the rules i don't want to i don't want to speak out of turn but i just you know my brief experiences there are certain ways everyone is expected to dress but there's actual codified rule they're not the same and so i think it's something like your belt has to be above your belly button or something there's like a, a because it was the rule was made back in the 40s or whatever but nobody does that anymore right now everyone's basically improperly wearing uniform it has to be a quarter inch above or below your belly button and you can opt to wear it just above exactly and so you look goofy with it pulled real high (laughs) but if they yell at you for it they're breaking the rules yeah anyway uh we should was that was that sufficient sir yeah i hope there was enough there no thanks uh for the answers i i thought that was a great discussion and uh appreciate you having me on once again thanks for calling in thanks for reading scanner it's the best (laughs) thanks mate uh, all right, we got a big one here. Sniper four ninety three. You are live. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Thank you for listening. This is actually my first call in. Right on. Hey, so, so this is actually a question for the whole crew, and it's a white pill question. Amelia's plane might have been found. Amelia, Earhart? you guys thoughts on her on on this? And I, I, her I, achievements that she has done. I thought they already found it. I thought it was I like she, cra- she she washed up on some island and they found her bones. Yeah, that's what I thought too. From I what I think so. There was yeah. a report this week with someone saying like they have a theory about where it went, right? I'm looking uh, at our uh, our spooky paranormal. I, I don't want to, because I am typically the white pill person, but I'm just like, this is probably a fake. But plane. did you see that report? Do you know anything about no, it? No, okay. I haven't. I have not seen this. Um, um, Deep Sea Visions, um, which is government funded, but did sonar images and they have an image that they picked up that looks like it might be her Lockheed 10E Electra. Huh. Wow. And where is this? Yeah, did they say where? 
me let me see they didn't um, say where they just found it they're like yeah we're not gonna tell anybody like, we found yeah. it's yeah. a secret see, like, yeah. it's like, we, taxes. Probably, it's like we taxes swear guess. We found what if someone built is, it and then put it there and then they found it you know? i also feel like this <laughs> is bad timing to bring up amelia Earhart, given all of the stuff around diversity hire pilots and all women <laughs> crew, <something laughs> happened. Uh, maybe just near maybe howland just, island okay near howland island okay, okay. interesting yeah i just again She's not the female pilot I would invoke right now. You know what's really funny? How many works of fiction have her depicted as being abducted by aliens? Yeah. It's like, dude, she crashed. What the fuck? <laughs> like, there's no there's no big mystery. It's like, she crashed. I don't know, whatever. Well, what if the aliens made her crash? Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877 646 Five, three, four, seven. <laughs> I feel like aliens would be better right now. Again, <laughs> we'll see. But she landed in Japan and lived a long life. Yeah, that's right. Also, what if she was just like, bye, guys. I don't want to be oh, a no. female pilot anymore. And then she couldn't she couldn't tell anyone. Yeah. So she had to just like. So she had to kill herself because she didn't want to be a female <laughs> pilot anymore. And it's oh. secretly, and she's like living in Siberia, so being like, like, I just can't get back I on see. the plane. So you're saying she's still alive? Oh, I have no idea. Well, like she's Captain like, America, I you're saying she intentionally crashed oh. the plane because she didn't want to no, be a female did. pilot anymore. No, no, no. The plane, Maybe. the plane crashed, uh, and then she went underwater where she froze, mm. like Captain America, and she'll be thawed out, waking up in this strange new world. What if she Let's reverse aerialed and she went down and then was saved by a very handsome merman yeah. and like converted to living undersea? Yeah, yeah. she became the ghost of Kiev <laughs> years <laughs> later. Oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, anyway, I don't, I don't know what else to say about Amelia yeah, Earhart. Fun I think conversation. With these stories, this was it's a like good if they come out and tell me they found uh, the Malaysian flight, mm -hmm. I don't even think I'd believe that. That's that's how skeptical I am of everything. I know yep, that's a problem. We know. we know. I know, but like, how could we? How could we? Because there's also reports of people, uh, uh, a really, uh, I forget who his name was, big company, buying a, almost an exact replica of that plane that went missing six months before it went missing. So, you know, it's it's hard to know anything is real anymore. I feel mm. like Helen Keller was involved. Yes. Ooh, so you're saying she's a psyop too? Absolutely. And <laughs> she was just faking everything? Or she yes. wasn't faking everything and she was flying the plane. Ooh, that's why oh. I crashed. <laughs> yeah. Again, not a good season. Did not expect for to get a Helen Keller impersonation tonight. Yeah, that, yeah, that's awesome. Flying a plane. That's what I want to yeah. say. <laughs> uh, guys, thanks for this question. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Uh, see, it was a white pill in, in and of itself. We're all happy and laughing now. So thank you. Okay. Take care, guys. Thank you again <laughs> and have a great night. Have a good night. Likewise. What a fun first uh, call. Hope in. to hear you calling soon. Yeah. Scuba Steve. You are alive. How are you? Hey, doing good. How are you all doing? Thanks for having me on again. Good man. Right on, Thanks bro. Anytime. Hey, I got a, uh, I got a little bit of a darker but a fun question uh, for the whole group just to see what y'all would think. Um, so, what fictional dystopian future from literature, games, or film do you believe bears the closest resemblance to our current geopolitical landscape? And what aspects of that dystopia? Do you see mirrored in our own reality, and how can we learn from the different lessons and parallels and navigate the challenges of potential pitfalls in our uh, present political climate? It's all Did you them. read that off paper? That was really I wrote great. it down on a note. That was awesome. It's all of them. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's, we're being spied on. We're in the panopticon. The, there's collective censorship of information. We're being drugged to keep us happy. Yeah. Insert all of them. 
Yeah, you got like, V for Vendetta in there. You got a pandemic. I mean, come on. Manufactured yeah. virus in a lab. World War Z. World War Z. <laughs> like, it, it does seem like they uh, they took a little bit of the best. Of, it's a bit, We're in the best of version of dystopias. Because, mm. uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of that movie. It's an old sci-fi movie where everyone has to kill themselves at a certain age. Logan's Run. Logan's Run. Because even yeah. that, to some degree, is like how people are sacrificing themselves now, whether it's the MAID program. Where's uh, the where's this dystopia where the government starts mass sex changing everybody? <laughs> yeah, that was that was our that original thought. That. That, the one had, what, wait, what'd you say? There's a documentary on this. They think it's on Amazon Prime. And they were saying at a certain point, like the their whole thing was like, I'll help you find your soulmate. And then they weren't, do it wasn't working. And so they started being like, because it was predominantly women, they would go to some women and be like, actually, your spirit is male. So you should wow. transition. And then we'll marry after this lady. Because that wow. way our premise works. Um, well, for me, I would say the one way that I've navigated this dystopian landscape is I believe in God. And I didn't believe in God for most of my life. And God is at least, uh, well, at most given me an anchor in a non-reality. Where nothing and everything can be true. So you're you sympathetic to Gilead then. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, I just, I've been <laughs> watching Handmaid's Tale for the first time. I'm super late to this, but I have to say, like, some rough stuff, but Gilead doesn't always seem so bad to me. I'm a Gilead sympathizer in some ways. Again, not everything. Some of it's not good, but, you know, it is interesting to see dystopians where you're like, well, the world I'm living in right now has some really dark stuff too. I don't necessarily want this entire world, but there are definitely changes. There are things that I what, don't what, like. What are the mor moral failings of Gilead? You know, I think the force handmade thing is like a little tricky. What does that mean? What, is, what does that mean? Force handmade? That's leftist propaganda. Oh, that's that's mm. fair. And also, why women I, like being moms. They well, but that's the thing. It's actually you have to convince them about the surrogacy. They run into issues when the handmaids no, get attached. For, but for real look, though, what what, got, what in the in the Handmaid's Tale was depicted as Gilead being bad? I, I understand like women have to have kids, but like and the men they... are and the men are like uh, they all have like the Ju the the Jezebel's thing, so they're actually all hypocritical. I mean mm. like negatives, whatever. But their water is clean, their birth rate is up. I mean some stuff is like, and they all wear these gorgeous capes. I mean I just don't understand. You're sold on these capes. <laughs> I love capes. You this is, right this is a whole the niche fashion podcast <laughs> that I'm in, but uh, yeah, there are some negatives for sure. I didn't like it when they would like cut off handmaid's eyes and stuff. Negative, but again. Something is working. They're, I still haven't watched it. Look, let me I tell you, there, there are some characters that I just and also the the I'm really wrecking this question for this caller, but I just found <laughs> that like June Osborne is just like she becomes more and more horrible the whole time. So she really did not sell me on this like weird America, Canada, other world. She's your lead, and I don't like her. I'm so sorry. you're into it. You're. I, I think we should consider Gilead as like a, a film. No, 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 you're into watching the show. <laughs> oh yeah, you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't watch a lot of stuff, but um, I got into this like I had time time off um, around Christmas and I started watching it again. I remember being in an internship like after college when this came out and and people being like feminism, but it is like not a good. I think the feminists got this all wrong, you know. So I highly recommend it right now. Got but it. you have to remember that. They, they want you to hate Gilead, and you really can't. Uh, well, so Scuba Steve, uh, I hope that was uh, at least at least something of an answer somewhere. Yeah, it sounds like um, the greatest hits of dystopian futures where we're at. <laughs> Sweet. Um, yeah, yeah, real quick, true. before I hop off, you guys mentioned Mattis earlier. I highly recommend if you haven't seen it, there's a video of him arguing with Kamala Harris. <laughs> Pull that baby up and watch it, because it's great, because it's talking about recruiting Marines and stuff like that. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah, thanks. All right. Out. Cheers. That was an awesome question, though. Yeah, that I like was to great. I with that question. Yeah, that was like, a good I one. feel like I want to really think on that some more. We should have a show where like we, we get dig deep on yeah. these questions sometimes, you know? But uh, that's actually what they do on the uh, Discord to shout out anybody else and check out later the later shows on Discord. They actually go through with the people that call in, and then oh. they actually have them like ask any more questions with people that are watching, etc. Amazing, but yeah, it's it's really quite it's cool. So I never knew about it until yeah, the Discord is, is incredible. Yeah, it is. Uh, USMC Bert, hello, how are you? Going on? What just, up? Just uh, just hanging out at work, man. You know. But first of all, Tim, your uh, sex change dystopia is probably Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Oh. <laughs> you do that in there? Yeah, I got a whole bunch of gender swaps and stuff. But it's like forced. I don't know. I don't. I don't have a forced. But uh, you can. <laughs> my question is: 
you guys were talking about the illegals joining the military and everything, and I've been reading The Prince by Machiavelli again. Oh, nice. That's a good one. And it's, he has an entire chapter dedicated to that and how that is how a na- one of the main reasons a nation will fall and a prince will lose his power by outsourcing his military. Ah, I highly recommend you all pick it up. It's only like eight bucks and I think it's free on audible, but what do you guys think about that? And the use of outside forces and mercenaries that can just be bought off by China. Seems plausible and horrific. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well stated. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna water. We're already watered down. We don't have an army. We, our population is a mess. You know, yeah. it's our population doesn't feel united. Like the party, yeah. the Democrat. I mean, I was listening to uh, Biden spoke at the National Prayer Breakfast this morning, and he's talking about all these international thing. You know, we need to pray for. And that's, I'm not against praying for Ukraine, praying for Israel, and how like those are not necessarily horrible sentiments. But then at the end, he's like. I've always said that we need to th- see each other not as enemies, but as Americans. You want to be like, you're one of the most divisive people. You're uh-huh. constantly driving divide. You can't just pay lip service to the idea of unity. Like, you need to promote a national culture that encourages unity. There is a reason that older generations saw it as their duty to sacrifice for their country and younger generations don't. There is a reason that younger generations say things like, well, I didn't choose to be alive. Like, this is a very pessimistic and selfish culture. And I think that is one of the reasons that we ultimately say, well, somebody else can serve in the military. I'm not going to do it. Can we rewind real quick? Did you say that Biden spoke at the prayer? Mm-hmm. They, let him, they let him pray? Uh, at least let him talk. I don't know if it counts as a prayer if you're just delivering How'd remarks. How did he sound? Did you watch or listen? Yeah, I watched. He sounds oh. slurred. Uh, I mean, it's just the, the way it is. But he also spoke last year. Like, this is something presidents yeah, do every year. Yeah, they all do year. it. Yeah. What if on Super Tuesday, like Biden croaks? Who well, do they install? I, Kamala Harris is like, here's we go, my time to shine. Mm. Uh, James will keep uh, I, that. I mean, on so, another chapter, he, Machiavelli also has on those who have become princes by crime. So I kind of feel like that fits all of our politicians. Yeah, yeah, wow. it's a timeless book. I remember reading that in like maybe freshman year of college. Yeah, and being like, I, it's kind of tough read, but there is a wisdom to this uh, mm-hmm. that I should probably pay attention to. Like that one, 48 Laws of Power and yeah. uh, of How War. to Win Friends. No, not Art of War. I read that one later on. But How to Win Friends and Influence People were books I read in like the first year or two out of out of high school yeah. and in university, 2010, 2011. And yep. those books uh, helped me do a lot of things. Yeah. Do you yeah. think they still teach Machiavelli in, in college these days? Dude, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. It's yeah. too dark. The material is just too dark. The things that he talked about are just too yeah. dark for yeah. people to handle. It's just too mean. You think they would though, because they love power so much. I know, right? You think power dynamics yeah. would be all they would talk about it. Yeah. They, they don't, unfortunately. I doubt it at least. Um, yeah, uh, right that was on. awesome. Was that good? Was that good, sir? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right, all right. Cool. Thanks for calling in. <laughs> yep, rad man. Cheers. Uh, yeah, that's it. Mister Bocus is is just chilling. He over is over with Shane. This <clears throat> cat is so having sweet. a good time. Brandon, thanks for hanging out, man. Thanks for having me. Been a blast. Good to see you guys. It was Absolutely. awesome. So fun. And so uh, fun. thank you to everybody who is a member and for all the love and the shout outs to Mr. Bocus, who is enjoying a good uh, regal massage from Shane. <laughs> He's having a good time. Purring away. He's purring away. He's got those claws getting ready. I know. <laughs> I'm a little afraid. Yeah, he looks too, <laughs> he looks too no, We're chilling. All right, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow over at youtube.com slash tenant media or just search YouTube for tenant media for the culture war 10 a.m. And uh, we'll see y'all then.